Today is a day of twos, but who is counting? And who wants to know that this is also the 33rd day of the new year? Many of our systems of measuring time are fairly arbitrary, but I can also tell you there are now 45 days until the equinox. What else can I tell you on this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement? First, I'm Sean Tubbs. Second, you'll just have to stick around for a bit. On today's program, a status update on planning for the Rivanna River Bike and Pedestrian Bridge. A new group forms in Charlottesville to advocate for spending on public education. And the Senate Privileges and Elections Committee fails to recommend approval of one of Governor Yunkin's key cabinet secretaries. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Charlottesville Jazz Society at seavillejazz.org is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all that jazz. And while this might not be the best time to go out and listen to people who love to play, it's a great time to learn about the musicians in our area and get ready for the tunes of the future through the Charlottesville Jazz Society's events calendar. The Jazz Society website and regular newsletter are both dedicated to enriching your experience of jazz within the Charlottesville community and beyond. Go visit seavillejazz.org to learn more. The website of Bridgewater College in Rockingham County contains a somber message today after two campus police officers were shot and killed yesterday afternoon. A statement from President David Bushman states that the sadness is palpable and that words are not adequate to express the grief, sadness, fear, and the anger that the community there feels. According to WHSV, Officer John Painter and Officer J.J. Jefferson were shot in the line of duty when they responded to a report of a suspicious individual on campus who shot at both of them after a brief encounter. The 27-year-old suspect fled on foot and was later apprehended and charged with two felony counts of murder and two other felony charges. In his message, Bushman wrote that Painter and Jefferson were close friends and that grief counseling would be available. Bridgewater College is a private liberal arts college with an enrollment of about 1,800 students. A new group has formed to promote public investment in Charlottesville City Schools. The launch of Charlottesville United for Public Education comes on the same day that School Superintendent Royal Gurley Jr. will present the operating budget for city schools to the City Council. Here's a section of the press release that went out this morning. The organization views the city's budget planning season as an opportunity to rally behind much-needed investments for public schools. According to the Virginia Department of Education, 46% of Charlottesville's 4,265 students in 2020 are economically disadvantaged, and the organization says the city can do more to support public education. Students in low-income housing families bear the hardship of decades-long disinvestment and need greater instructional, housing, health, and social supports to thrive. Visit the organization's website at charlottesvilleunited.org to learn more. City Council's joint work session begins at 5 p.m. today. The General Assembly confirms gubernatorial appointments through the passage of resolutions that are similar to consent agendas. For instance, Senate Joint Resolution 83 covers agency heads and ranges from new superintendent of public instruction Jillian Below to Phil Whitmer, the new chief information officer for the Virginia Information Technologies Agency.
SJ84 covers cabinet-level positions and is listed alphabetically from new Secretary of Veterans and Defense Affairs Craig Crenshaw to Andrew Wheeler, Governor Youngkin's pick for Secretary of Natural and Historic Resources. The 15-member Senate Privileges and Elections Committee took up those two resolutions and a third on Tuesday. Because the Democratic Party has a slight majority in the Senate, they control the committees. Wheeler's nomination has been opposed by Democrats, and an amendment was made to SJ84 to eliminate his name from the list. Senator Cree Deeds made this motion as soon as the committee took up the resolution yesterday. Mr. Chair, I move that we amend um, Senate Joint Resolution 84 to remove lines 42 and 43. That would take the resolution's approval up to George Slater, Youngkin's pick for Secretary of Labor. Republican members of the committee wanted to debate the amendment. Here's an exchange between Senator Ryan McDougal, a Republican from the 4th District, and Deeds, a Democrat from the 25th. I mean, it's clear that the committee is stacked 9 to 6 in, in a nonpartisan Mr. way. What's going to happen? Chair, so at Chair, least we ought to have a conversation about it. We received a letter from 150 former EPA employees who suggested that, that um, Mr. Wheeler had undermined the work of the EPA and worked against the environmental interests of this country. We just we don't we think that that members of the governor's cabinet ought to be people that unite us as Virginians and certainly the secretary of, of natural and historic resources ought to be one that we have confidence in in terms of working for the preservation and conservation of our natural and historic resources. And on this side of the aisle, we just don't have that co- that sort of that level of confidence with this nominee. Senator Bryce Reeves, a Republican, read from Wheeler's resume. He completed a law degree at Washington University, and when he served as the administration's uh, EPA principal, all the things that he's done, he gave $225 million in funding for water reuse project to uh, protect the bay. Provided $200 million for wastewater infrastructure for runoff and sewage from reaching the bay. Provided funding to the Pennsylvania agencies to address agricultural runoff. 2020, the bay attained the lowest anoc dead zone in 30 years under seawater grasses and have increased 34,000 to 100,000 acres. Air emissions decreased 7% during the last administration. These reductions were pre-COVID through 2019. I mean, I can go on and on and on. However, Senator Deeds said the Republicans failed to approve an appointment by Governor Tim Kaine back in 2006. According to Virginia Memory, Kaine had nominated Daniel LeBlanc to serve as Secretary of Commonwealth, but the House of Delegates, controlled by the Republicans that year, used the same procedure to remove LeBlanc in a vote taken on March 7, 2006. The precedent has been set. This is not the end of Wheeler's nomination. There are many scenarios in which the confirmation could still occur. In other General Assembly information, let's talk about some bills that won't be moving forward this year, but have been continued on to next year. SB 255 would have removed the ability of localities to regulate cell towers. SB 132 would have allowed localities to designate smoking areas in their parks, playgrounds, and recreation centers. And HB 898 would have reduced penalties for possession of hallucinogenic substances. Several constitutional amendments have also been passed on for the year, including term limits for General Assembly members and one that would require a governor to call a special session in order to extend a state of emergency. There's going to be more to come, so keep listening.
You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time now for another subscriber-supported shout-out. On February 8th, the author of a book about the history and legacy of Jackson P. Burley High School will give a talk at the Center at Belvedere. Lucille Smith has written Unforgettable, Jackson P. Burley High School, 1951 to 1967. The book tells the story of the school that was built for black students across the region when schools were required by law to be racially segregated. But the book also tells the stories of the students and families who have sought to keep alive the memories of that time. Burley became part of the Albemarle County school system and is now a middle school. But this event begins at 1 p.m. on Tuesday, February 8th at the Center at Belvedere. You can learn more at thecenterseville.org. One more segment today about connectivity. At any given point, there are dozens of candidates for transportation projects in the community. In recent years, Charlottesville has been successful in obtaining funding for streetscape projects to add bike lanes, sidewalks, and other urban amenities. The next deadline for the Smart Scale funding process through the Virginia Department of Transportation is coming up later this year, and one of the projects under consideration is a bridge for pedestrians and bicyclists that would cross the Rivanna River. Dick Ruffin is a member of the Pantops Community Advisory Committee, and he serves on a stakeholder committee that is overseeing planning efforts for this Rivanna Bridge. It's good for Albemarle County. It's good for the city. Uh, most especially, I think it's good for connectivity. Ruffin said the project would put a focus on the Rivanna River and would build off of a technical document created by the firm VHB in July of 2020. We're trying to sort out the pros and cons of the different alignments of the bridge uh, and we are supposed to provide some guidance uh, to the uh, the Charlottesville Albemarle uh, planning office. That office is technically the Thomas Jefferson Planning District which is overseeing the planning and will make the smart scale submission to VDOT. It does have to be ADA accessible. We want connectivity to the trails on both sides of the river. There are utility impacts, floodplain considerations, right-of-way impacts. We're quite focused also on the aesthetics. We want it to look nice, really be attractive. Of course, cost is a primary thing. Ruffin said the group has not yet made a recommendation on which alignment would be made, but that will come in the near future. They are down to two alternatives. Technical considerations have ruled out a number of options. So when we say there are two left, that's after a lot of work. Both options would have an approach on the Albemarle side, at the property formerly used by State Farm as their regional headquarters. The exact location for each depends on where it would land on the other side of the river. One is quite near Riverview Park and would actually land on Chesapeake, the road you come down to to go into the park. It would land on Chesapeake. The other would land at Woolen, uh, the wool factory, just outside the tunnel that goes under the railway at the bottom of East Market Street. The Chesapeake Street option has a preliminary cost of $11.3 million. The Wool Factory option is more expensive with a $4 million differential. 
Ruffin said parking considerations are also a factor at both locations. I think the Riverview Park uh, uh, folk who live near there are, are quite worried that the park will become so busy uh, and so many people coming down that it will be destructive of their neighborhood. So one uh, consideration that we on the Pantop side should have in mind is that the State Farm takeoff point in Pantops has got a lot of space. Ruffin said the project could score well on economic development. That's one of several criteria looked at in the smart scale process. The preliminary deadline is March 31st, with a final one later in the year. A survey will be posted in the near future to get public opinion. Sandy Shackelford, the planning director for the Thomas Jefferson Planning District, said the policy board of the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization will need to select an alignment in March. That's their next regularly scheduled meeting. Albemarle Supervisor Ann Malik recently took part in the site visit of the area held in January. The walkabout in the Woolen Mills was very informative because it's really important to see at ground level. Malik said several ideas came up during the site visit, including ways to control traffic on East Market Street and how to alter the Riverview Park alignment to address a grade differential between the two sides. I just want to make sure that that idea doesn't get lost along the way. Malik suggested the MPO should have a meeting in February in order to be able to make an informed decision about the alignment. MPO Chair Ned Galloway agreed. There's different options and a lot of people's eyes on it that we want to make sure we're as informed as we can be going into the the meeting that we plan to make the vote on. For more information, visit the TJPDC's Smart Scale page to learn about the bridge as well as other potential submissions. And that is the end of this submission of Charlottesville Community Engagement, number 324. There are some more numbers for you, numbers that might not necessarily mean anything, but they do mark the time that I have put into this project over the last 18 months. What I'm not going to tell you right now is how many subscribers I have, but I will tell you that there is a tremendous amount of support for the work that is happening here, and I really thank everybody who has chipped in in this last week. It is the beginning of a new month month. This year has a long way to go and there's a lot of decisions that are going to get made. And Charlottesville Community Engagement will be there to help you understand what's coming up, hopefully well in advance so you can have your say at the appropriate time. That's the whole point of this program. I'm not here to tell you what should happen, but I will tell you how it might happen, how it could happen, etc., etc. You get the idea. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and if you would like to support it, one way you can do that is through a Substack subscription. The company Ting will match your first submission. That's great because that's extra sustenance and extra fuel for me, and I really do appreciate it. The rest of this afternoon, I'm going to be sending notes to every single person who has subscribed in the last week or two because I'm a little overdue on that, but I really am so thankful and so supportive of this. I will begin getting to work on the next one as soon as I have done that, and I will be back tomorrow with another installment of this program. In the meantime, stay safe, stay warm, stay, uh, stay, stay amazed. Stay, stay in wonder of this world because there's a lot of stuff going on and it's maybe good. I don't know. I just do the program. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.